It's been about six weeks since I said I don't feel safe in saying what I think anymore. Now, almost immediately after that episode aired, I started to receive calls from various people in the community, which I have to categorise as essentially supportive and basically which felt entirely lovely. Although, you know, some of the listening is, um, well, it's very personal and therefore a little difficult and... Essentially, what I've got today is a collection of all of those call-ins. You see, I, I kind of had in my head that I would share all of these, but the truth is that I keep putting it off. Um, and I think part of that is because I don't actually feel very comfortable um, with a lot of the um, the expression of support. It's like it's really hard to accept, and it's really hard to well, really know how to respond. And I think this is the issue that I kind of wanted to be able to respond to each caller. And and the reality is that I just don't have the words. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play them, I think, um, broadly speaking, in order in which they arrived. And obviously, as I do so, I'm going to listen through. Now, if at any point I find that I can add some commentary, I will. But if I get to the end and I haven't said anything, please just understand that I'm incredibly grateful for these comments, these um, call-ins. I don't think there's a single word in them that makes me uncomfortable. It is incredibly, amazingly kind of everybody to to call and share these thoughts. And I just don't really have words. And I hope that's okay. So thank you to all of the callers. And yeah, here's what they had to say. Hi, Che. Uh, firstly... I want to say thank you for pointing out that message. I really appreciate how difficult that may have felt to do that. Um, what you're saying didn't sound crazy to me. In fact, it sounds all very familiar. What, certainly what you were saying about acceptance. Um, this may sound like hyperbole, but I feel I've lost or wasted a good 30 years of my life obscuring who I am in the name of acceptance. That's not an exaggeration. If anything, I'm probably rounding down. I've spoken about feeling like an outsider before. I believe that's a feeling that's common to many of us within the gaming community. It was certainly a factor that led me to wanting to play RPGs as a kid and was something that was shared by the small group of us who played while I was at school. I know that maybe by podcasting gives the impression that I'm kind of a wacky, outgoing individual, but, uh, well, if that is the case now, it certainly hasn't been the case in the past. And on the occasions that I hear those first few tentative messages that I put out to other podcasters, I don't think I've heard anyone sound so nervous as I do there. I know we have very different approaches to gaming, but I really appreciate what you have to say about what it is that we do. I feel I learn a lot from you precisely because we are coming at this thing from very different angles. 
I may have said this before, but a willingness to be vulnerable is a very powerful position to be in, if you think about it. As far as what's going on within the hobby or the gaming community, if you prefer, I guess it depends on where you're focusing your attention. Out in the wider world, I think there does seem to be a problem that homogeny is being mistaken for diversity when it comes to inclusivity. But I feel I'm part of a much more diverse community than I ever have been before. And being accepting of those that we may not see eye to eye with is very much a part of that. So thanks again for going there, for putting yourself out there. I really appreciate it. And um, and I don't think, I hope, that this is not going to lead to the kind of backlash that you're anticipating. But I hear that it's taken you a lot to do this. And I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Hi, Jay. It's Laren. Um, I just listened to your I Don't Feel Safe episode, and oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts about what you said. So, um, first of all, I am so sorry that you had to deal with what you had to deal with with your parents, because I know what it's like to have that insecurity of like never feeling good enough because your parents were critical. And I have to tell you, I struggle with that so much as a parent, because when you grow up with that, it's really hard not to do that to your kids. I mean, that's what you saw, even though you hated it, you know? So I, it has been a lot of work to not be that way. Sadly, you'd think it'd be like, oh, I hated that. It made me feel terrible. I'm never doing that. And of course I said that, but man, I did not realize how much of that stuff is just ingrained, you know? Anyways, um, I know what you mean about community and I think it's so hard right now. I mean, this is the most divisive time of my lifetime without a doubt. I don't know if things are as divisive there as they are in the U.S., but it has gotten really, really sad here. I mean, so many people I know are so um, frustrated and sad and hopeless, just like hopeless that things are going to improve. That's the worst part, you know? It's really hard to hold on to hope when you see people making a political statement by risking other people's health. I just, I don't, there, I don't know where the common ground is on that. So it, I have never felt so separated from others. And, you know, being like we are, we're very, um, uh, progressive. We're very, um, like I want there to be safety net programs and, I'm just so disgusted and ashamed with our president and his actions. And yet where I live in central Virginia, I mean, there's Trump signs all over the place and it is really just constantly painful. I'll tell you, I, I love our land. I love our little farm. You know, I, I wonder all the time how much less stressful it would be to live somewhere else, but I don't know. You know, I've lived in three different states now and they all have their own different things, right? So I don't know that that would have helped. Anyways, not to go on a tangent. I just wanted to say, you know, it is so hard to live your life 
needing, feeling like you constantly need other people's approval. And the problem is that even if most of the time you deal with that well, who can predict that something like, you know, a pandemic is going to come along and all of a sudden just throw everything into question, you know, into chaos, into, hey, you know, this way that you have dealt with people and learned to cope with all this stuff. Well, you can't do that anymore because uh, you could make them sick. You know, you need to wear a mask. You need to be six feet apart, you know. So, man, I feel for you and I hope you're okay. I, I'm, I, to be brutally honest with you, I don't know. I can't really tell from your episode uh, who it is that, I, I don't know if you're feeling that way about the group at the audio dungeon, if it's like your personal friends, I'm not, I mean, and that's fine, you certainly don't have to tell me any details, I'm not saying you should, I just, I, I hope that you're okay, because, I mean, I think you are sweet and wonderful, and I think that you're doing a wonderful thing for the gaming community, introducing, ch- you know, young people to it, I think that's amazing. And I also think it's amazing that you want a community, not just a bunch of people to game with who you don't have any interest in outside of that. Because like, I don't really grok that. I've heard a couple people say, well, I don't, they're not my friends. They're just the people I game with. And that, you know, I feel like when I game, I, I feel like you do, like I'm like opening part of myself up to the opportunity for people to ridicule me or, you know, like see me differently, I guess. And I think that fundamental insecurity comes from having such critical parents. And it's, it's really sad. I've read so much about like what it is to be raised with critical parents or what it is to be raised by someone who is a, an overt or a covert narcissist because you know there's two different kinds of narcissism even I mean it's crazy I just basically you know I feel for you the whole time I was listening to that episode I my heart was just going out to you and I was thinking to myself oh my gosh I I wish I wish I didn't so clearly understand what you're saying Che about feeling like an outsider and feeling like you want a community of people and and feeling like that never feels secure, you know, because so many times we have gotten involved in a community of people that we felt like were our friends. And, uh, for us, when we first moved to Virginia, it was the pagan community. We got really involved in a group and then the group just fell apart. And it's just, it's a sad thing. And it's, it's hard when you don't feel like you have like a tribe. Right. And, and I don't know about you, but for me, not having that secure love of my parents when I was young means that I don't even trust anyone who wants to be in my tribe. And it takes a lot of work for me to not, um, to not pull away and go, uh, okay, well, I've sent them a couple emails or a couple texts and they haven't responded. I'm not going to keep chasing them around because that must mean they don't like me. You know, I hate that so much. Oh my goodness. But anyways, there was a whole lot of tangent there to say, I'm thinking of you. I hope you're okay. You know, I think you're wonderful. I think your podcast has helped a lot of people. I think what you're doing with young people is helping them immensely, like introducing them to a wonderful creative outlet. So I hope you keep doing it. And I'm really happy you put that episode out. I'll be interested to see how like other podcasters in the audio dungeon discord react. Um, and, and I don't think it's going to be negative, just to be clear. I just wonder, it's so, you know, people feel so unsafe to share, like, deep personal feelings like that. And sometimes I think there's a knee-jerk reaction when someone shares them to 
uh, like shy away from it or, or not interact with it because people don't want to have to engage on that level. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the community reacts, but I'm really happy that you put that episode out and I'm always here. You just drop me a line. I am always here. If you want to talk, if you just, you know, anything at all, I'm right here, man. <laughs> Cause I know how much that that fundamental insecurity about my own lovability and my own value has crippled me socially, you know, and even knowing that even I have been in and out of therapy all my life since, well, I was 12 the first time I went. And even knowing that, uh, I, it's not like it goes away. It's, it's so frustrating. I remember when I realized, oh my gosh, this is never going to stop. I'm never going to stop some part inside of me having a knee-jerk reaction of, well, of course they didn't answer your email. Why would they want to talk to you, you know? So anyways, frustrating to deal with. (laughs) And I just wanted you to know that I care. So I'm going to stop rambling now. And um, thank you for sending me a picture of you and your mask. (laughs) I hope that you guys are getting a lot of use out of those. I know I love ours. They're so easy to just throw in the wash and they've held up really well too, luckily. So you let me know um, if you need any more. I'm happy to send more. I mean, you just let me know what you need if I can help, okay? And if I can't, that's okay. You don't have to worry about if I'm going to feel how I'm going to feel if you don't reach out. I just want you to know I care. So I will talk to you soon. Hey, man. I uh, I listened to your last latest episode. Actually, I listened to it in the middle of the night. I woke up in the middle of the night and listened to it. And um, I, I got to say, I was, I was kind of, I was really saddened to hear it and also feeling a bit guilty as well, because, you know, I, I think I've been saying some things in recent weeks that may have contributed to you feeling those negative thoughts. Um, I'm pretty sure I have. And I just want you to know that, um, you would always be welcome at my table <laughs> and your difference would be appreciated. Um, yeah, I guess that's all really. Um, don't, don't feel that the world is against you. It isn't. You have a lot of people that, that care about you an awful lot. Hey Jay, this is Minion. Um, I just listened to your a podcast, the addendum and I had to respond immediately. I, um, obviously, you're quite moved, and I have to say that speaking for me, I don't, I don't have the right to speak for everybody, but I, I think everybody will feel um, in similar ways to you, and I, and I, I feel your pain and your your worries and anxieties and. Uh, yeah, I think I share them in many ways. So I had to reach out just to 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 say that first, and where to begin? There was so much that you covered. Yes, we live in a in a changing world, and there's forces beyond our um, ability to uh, affect in play. Now, I, I, it's really difficult not to talk about politics or uh, ideology or, or religion or other things when approaching subjects like this. Um, so I'll, I'll try to avoid them where possible. Um, but I, I always think that 
um, I think there's more that, as you say, there's more that binds us together than divides us. And division, seeking division to achieve uh, non-human ideological uh, uh, goals is a, is a bad thing. What I mean by non-human ideological goals is sort of a bit dodgy, but but essentially, the if if ideology ideology, excuse me, um, trumps humanity, then we need to think about that. We need to sort of uh, really think. You know, is that ideology something that is good for us? I think all of us seek affirmation. You know, um, British people particularly are often. Um, um, it's often pointed out that we we apologize a lot uh, it comes from our uh, the political and religious historical circumstances of that nation um as uh, human beings we we are essentially social creatures you know if if you're not you're a you're a sociopath we're all social creatures we seek affirmation and that's really important we need to feel adequate so you're you're your your belief that you want to feel adequate is not unusual, but I think it's a sign of the times. It's not even on these times. It's it's uh, been going on for many years that it's un difficult to know what is adequate. I think the voyage of discovery that you talk about is important. Um, it's not about elf games. It's not simply about elf games or escapism. Although escapism is a really important thing to to sometimes to maintain our humanity but um the the power to imagine um to use john lennon's words it's it's it's, it's not to be sniffed at you know there's everything starts at imagination everything language culture civilization um changes um that imagination may take us into dark places or light places um and we need to sort of stay in touch with our humanity and the people around us in order to know which is right or wrong. Um, some people call this religion or God. My dad was born in 1928. Uh, I'm only 46, so he was much older. He, he was born in a different times, but perhaps not so different from the times we're entering now. He, he disparaged me for um, in front of the teacher at school because I, I was rubbish at maths and other things of study, I, although not bad at uh, reading, um, because I, I knew all the Star Wars characters. I could remember everything uh, verbatim, but I couldn't remember maths and, and other useful, so-called useful things at school. Uh, later, you know, these things powered me uh, into um, English language and literature and got me into university. So he, he was wrong. Um, but his heart was in the right place. However, he didn't know how to express his feelings uh, because the world he grew up was much darker and uh, black and white. I, I would see myself um, politically as as not being uh, in the centre by any means. Uh, I would see myself as being a radical left. Um, but I also see a lot of common cause with people on the right. I'm happy to talk with uh, people who are religious or conservative um, because as human beings, there's, much that, there's more that binds us together than, than divides us. And that, that binding together, it, it should be at the heart of everything. Um, so so the, 
yeah, we are driving towards division and difference within our uh, particular hobby and within the uh, within society and uh, global politics as a whole. And that's a that's a very worrying thing. I'll say one last thing if you can bear with me. I, I recently on on Twitter defended the the uh, communists from a, a friend of mine. Um, I, I don't see myself as a communist, by the way. Um, my my family were communists, however, uh, my grandfather and uh, great uncle, and they grew up in a time of a great divide in in the th- well, they were young adults adults in the 1930s and my great uncle went out to fight in Spain uh, to protect the uh, republic there in the Spanish civil war to fight against uh, fascism in spite of his country's uh, um, insistence that people not provide any help Um, when do you draw a divide and this is really important when when we hit divisions, there is a point where we can't be neutral anymore and hopefully we won't get to that point anytime soon. So there's too many sort of like unfinished threads here to be covered by um, by anchors like one minute, uh, you know, seven or eight of one, one minute um, uh, limitations on, on rec- rec- recording. Um, but what, I think what what's important here is that um, we need to come together in some way or other as human beings, provided that we are not complete psychopaths or sociopaths um, seeking uh, destruction or selfish uh, privilege over others. Um, what that means is that we yeah, we stand together or we fall. Uh, and possibly we're coming to that time again. So regardless of your, your p- political persuasions or religious persuasions, we need to find common cause um, in our own hobbies uh, to stop um, the culture war, but also to come together to help each other eat and to survive these difficult times. Anyway, my thoughts. Cheers, man. Hey, Che. Uh, thanks for your last episode. Uh, important that you put that out. Bold. Uh, and I really appreciate it. And I felt I was uncomfortable, particularly towards the end, because I felt you were talking right at me. <laughs> Um, so there are a couple of things. So I am with you on valuing diversity, valuing humanity. I would add to that valuing the possibility that through dialogue we can always learn something from other people, even about ourselves. Um, this might go on to a couple of messages. But, but the thing about acceptance, I think along with that, having a principle like that, which is which is good, (laughs) it is valuable, it is worth sacrificing things for. And you know, some principles are so important and so good that um, they lead to hard conversations, even with people that you value and love. Uh, But some commitments are so important Um, some judgments that we make about the world and how it needs to change are so important that they are even worth losing a couple of friends over. This one may be for the show or it maybe isn't, but of course value and diversity can mean different things and uh, maybe you're a little bit ambiguous about what you mean. Of course value and diversity to me means A, not being racist, not being prejudiced, not being discriminatory, something which I 
I'm constantly needing to be aware of because of course most racists don't think they're racist <laughs> and also not contributing actively challenging actively working to change systems and structures that uh, harm and oppress minorities and I think so there are some of those operative in gaming and we need to do something about them I'm not being high horsey here this is something which as I say I uh, I struggle with but um, but there's a form of value and diversity which I I perhaps don't go with which is to say that all opinions are equally valuable and we should we should value morally repugnant opinions I don't think we should I think part of valuing the person who articulates a morally repugnant opinion is that you you challenge them you engage in dialogue so that both of you can learn from that dialogue I suppose there's a possibility you're wrong challenging that morally repugnant opinion but I also think we do have a we do have a duty to call people out especially people we love on morally repugnant opinions that they might hold so if value and diversity means not calling out people that I love or respect when they articulate views which I hold to be not only wrong but socially harmful um, then I I don't go with that. I think it's part of valuing those people that you open yourself to the possibility that you might be wrong, that you could learn something from this dialogue, but that you have that dialogue so that both of you uh, can move on in your beliefs. So if valuing diversity means putting up with even naively racist views um, for the sake of acceptance or not rocking the boat, I can't go with that. I don't know if you want or need any of that stuff, um, but I was I was with you in your in your piece you put out, uh, and I love you, man. So let's have a dialogue. <laughs> Do with it what you will. Cheers, Che. Keep it going. Keep it going. It is valued what you're doing. Hey Shay, this is Judd uh, from Daydreaming About Dragons. I would listen to a bunch of your episodes tonight, and uh, from Andy Goodman up to uh, New Not Feeling Safe, and I just had a couple of things I thought thought of. Um, if you and Andy ever want to play Apocalypse World, let me know. Uh, I would love to demystify that process for you. And I love playing on. I don't love playing on Zoom, but I like it. It's all right. Uh, so let me know. Um, and I wonder if so there's something that might be helpful. In Apocalypse World, uh, the, the agenda and the principles for you kind of unspooling what it is you like in your, uh, you know, in your immersion other world play. Um, not that AW, the Apocalypse World's agendas and principles are going to be yours, but by looking at those, you may be able to make your own. Um, let's put a pin in that and I'll come back in another minute. And the last episode where you say that you don't feel safe. Uh, I'm sorry you don't feel safe. I, I hope you're, you're getting there. Um, I mean, I know, I know cancel culture is a thing that people talk about. Um, I don't know what to say other than we're all going to screw up eventually. You're going to say something that, that, you know, I, that, that's going to be messed up that might hurt someone. And, and, uh, and I might say something. I'm going to say something. I have said things. Uh, and, and you apologize and, and you move on. Uh, and, and try to do better and try to make the world a better place 
you know, and, and improve. So I don't know. I hope you feel safe and I hope you're, uh, I hope you're doing okay. Um, I hear you. I, I know I'm going to screw up eventually big time. And, uh, I hope my friends are there to course correct me and, uh, you know, we'll all get there together. Good luck in your journey. Hey, Jay, this is Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor. Just listened to your uh, latest episode about finding value in people. And, you know, it's a pretty powerful episode. And I I think there's probably more people who think like you uh, than, I don't know, probably any of us know. Because, you know, it's, it seems like the the ones who are the one that are, um, hating and uh, just bullying other folks are the ones that are the loudest. It's uh, something that's what I was talking about in my one episode where I said if I if I join if I if I hadn't I wouldn't be joining in gaming today. I don't think if 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 I was coming into it. So I'm probably going to have a few follow ups here, Chase. So I apologize for that. I think one of the things that the people that you're talking about are generally quieter people. The ones who believe as you do are probably introverts, just like myself, that, uh, you know, we're not prone to get into arguments about things. Uh, We're not going to scream if someone disagrees with us. We're not going to threaten someone who has said something that may offend us. Uh, it's, there's, I think it's a quiet majority out there. And I guess, uh, someone like yourself, you know, who is able to speak up like that is probably going to get a lot of agreement. Hopefully maybe some of those quiet voices will, uh, kind of come forward and, uh, stand behind you on this one. One of the things that, uh, I guess disturbs me the most is how quickly people are prone to, I guess they call it unpersoning these days for an act or a phrase that someone said. Uh, I just, I think it's despicable behavior. I despise that kind of behavior. Uh, I come from a background where I'm worked with extreme folks I work with pedophiles. I work with murderers. I work with, you know, uh, people with all sorts of drug issues, behavior issues, mental health issues. And despite all that they have uh, that's on a piece of paper, I have to find that humanity within that person so I can work with them or I can't do my job. And it's not easy sometimes. It's, It's very difficult to do that. But you'd be surprised how many times if you take or you'd be surprised if you take the time to speak to someone who, you know, has these lists or list of horrible things that they've done. You it's not that you sympathize with them, but you empathize where they've come from in some ways. Now, sure, there's those people out there that uh, just are not or no matter how much you try, it's still going to be difficult. But when you do make the attempt, you'd be surprised how much they just want what you want in a lot of ways. And life circumstances 
has have uh, deterred detoured, detoured them from their goals or altered their way of thinking. It, you know, well, not everyone, of course, comes into a situation with the same life experiences. So, of course, there's going to be differences. But you were mentioning, you know, finding those differences and exploring those differences is really like the fantastic journey that we kind of go on in every day. And I think the role playing allows us, especially us introverts to kind of express that or explore that safely. But with recent events and recent gaming culture, it's not safe to do that anymore. The way they treat it, uh, they, kind of throw back at you and expose you and and uh, basically try to tear you apart with words and just trying to strip you down. And I find that interesting because I remember back, you know, in the days where I've spoken about me standing up to bullies against those who couldn't stand up to them. I find it now the ones who are being bullied are now the ones who are doing the bullying most of the time, which is unfortunate. You know, shame on them for doing that. Shame on them. I don't, I, I get very aggravated by that. But people like you and, and I think myself, if we just keep going and, you know, we, we keep talking about it, there's going to be a lot more of us out there that will kind of start speaking also. Because they'll, you know, hopefully feel safe to do that, to, to let the other people know that, you know, you're not going to be bullied, you're not going to be talked down to or canceled. And I guess I just want to uh, thank you for the episode, uh, Che. I have my day off today and dropped a heavy episode on, but I think it was very moving, very honest and something that's needed once in a while to kind of bring things back into focus. I mean, we are, we're just guys, girls, people of all types, playing games, rolling dice, making goofy voices. And I don't have any room for anger or judgment in that world because I just want to have fun. I want to laugh and I want to, you know, just uh, see what kind of, awful things that can do to my players when I'm GMing, you know, that's the fun for me, you know? So Jay, amazing job on your episode. Keep your head up and uh, do not silence your voice. Hey Jay, you're very welcome. Uh, don't feel any obligation to use any of the stuff I send. Uh, I, I, I know how it is and, and you've got a lot of great content for your show. So whatever you want, if you use none of it, that's great. Uh, if you use a bunch of it, that's great. Uh, whatever works for you. Um, I, I have found that, especially on Twitter, there, there are people who I don't know, who I don't remember ever interacting with, who have me blocked. And I, I it vexes me. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't. But there is definitely, um, the way I think about it is, I don't know what they've been through. And so they've got to do what they've got to do for their safety. And uh, it makes me sad, but that's just the way it is. Uh, you know, I think that their safety is more important than my sadness. So that's what it's about. All right. Have a great, hope you're having a great week.
Hey there, Jay. It's John from the Red Dice Stories here. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've just been listening to your bonus episode where you're talking about feeling safe in the hobby. And I found it quite thought-provoking, to be honest. And I've got to admit, there's been times in the hobby where I've been about to put out a podcast episode or maybe air an opinion. And then sort of in the back of my mind, I hear the sort of Twitter mob lighting up their torches and grabbing their pitchforks. And I've tended to just sort of go, do you know what? I won't put that episode out. I won't express that opinion because it's safer to just not do so. But particularly if, as I do, you know, I eventually hope to like publish some more stuff in the field of RPGs. And it seems very easy nowadays if you're if expressing an opinion that's unpopular for you to get cancelled and sort of pushed out of the light into the darkness beyond and effectively removed from the mainstream of the hobby because people disagree with you or as you said in your episode they're not willing to enter a discussion or attempt to see different sides of an argument and I think that's a shame I mean I've said numerous times that I never mind people disagreeing with me on anything and I'm always quite happy to have a discussion with people as long as it's a discussion it doesn't just turn into mudslinging or sort of grandstanding or anything like that but I certainly think that I'm more wary when it comes to putting out my opinion in the hobby nowadays than I would have been previously and I think obviously part of that's down to the internet and the widespread availability of communications but I think also part of it is just an inevitable side effect of the increasing numbers of people involved in the hobby now I'm not saying that's a bad thing of course it's not if a a hobby wants to continue then it needs to bring in fresh new blood but i've noticed this behavior in communities online you tend the, the way the cycle tends to go in my experience is you get a community online they they start off small it's a small group of people who all know each other they're all focused on a particular activity and everything's grand over the course of time people get added to that community the the sort of focus becomes a bit more blurred or broadens. You get people sort of getting at odds with each other, splitting off into factions. And one of the ways in which people tend to try and sort of big up their faction, if you will, is to downplay the other factions. And I think we're now seeing this in the hobby in general, which obviously has grown in orders of magnitude over the previous years. But part of the sort of, I suppose, downside, if you want to call it that, of that is this sort of factionalization. And there's also a certain feeling what that I get. I mean, other people may not feel this, but I certainly feel at the minute, if you're not sort of involved in like the main sort of group the of the hobby, you're perceived as a bit of a, a crusty old grognard or some sort of extremist gamer clinging to their old books and whatever and that you don't really have anything to contribute to the hobby which is unfortunate and as a result tends to lead to those people reacting against it by sort of negatively responding to people with newer ideas and this new sort of swathe of people coming into the hobby and i think we've seen the power of 
that this sort of mainstream of the hobby can bring with the recent calls for like cancellation of various old books and things like that. And I'm not going to get into that because I've already left you loads of messages. And to be honest, I don't really have any solution for this, but I just wanted to call in and say, I hope you carry on doing what you do, dude. And I very much enjoy your episodes. And for myself, I'm going to try and just put my opinion out there more and not be so worried about the Twitter mob knocking on my door with their pitchforks. And I suppose we'll just have to see what happens in the future. Anyway, dude, very thought-provoking episode. I hope you carry on putting out stuff in the future because I really do enjoy listening to it. So take care, stay safe, keep gaming, and hopefully I'll catch you soon. And that's that. I just wanted to uh, to say thank you to Spencer, Liren, Andy, Menion, also known as Rob, Dave, Judd, Tim, and John. Guys, between you, you managed to sort of near break my heart, and I am so grateful. There is so much good stuff there. I don't know what to say other than thank you. So thank you. And on that, I'm just going to say I don't necessarily feel particularly safe yet, but I certainly know that I'm supported and I hope that you all will stand together as friends united in this glorious role-playing hobby that we all share. Thank you and game on. Jay's gonna bring me back. Give me a plus one to attack. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. I want to come back to the dice. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. I think I need some good advice. I need a role play.